0: everyone, welcome to the latest Rosenfeld Review Podcast. Lou Rosenfeld here, and my guest today is Adam Connor. Hi, Adam. Hey, Lou. How's it going? It's going great. It's great to have you on the show. Um, a lot of people know Adam. Um, you may know him from the book that he wrote with uh, Adam, or Aaron Irizarry, uh, Discussing Design, Improving Communication and Collaboration Through Critique, uh, an O'Reilly book that uh, I know a lot of people really swear by. Um, Adam is also, uh, he's got a great title. He's a VP of organizational design and training at MadPow. And, uh, I love when we take something like organizations and look at them through the lens of design and not everyone in the design world gets to have that title. Although I think half of us wish we did. <laughs> How did you end up with that title at MadPow?
1: Oh, I got to pick it. <laughs> um, no, well I did, but uh really, it came about in uh in a shift of focus and a, a chance that I seized um i so i've been in design since two thousand one uh I spent a lot of time in product digital product design uh service design some strategy work and kind of what I learned after a bit of reflection was I was always more interested in figuring out how to get everybody to work through the project without wanting to kill each other than necessarily what we were designing some of the time. So to me, it was more about the team and the process and making all of that work than necessarily the problem that we were solving. So I got really interested in what makes certain organizations successful at using design uh, and innovation and others not so much. Um, and started to look into who else was talking about this and happened upon organizational design, which I, I knew the term, I knew the practice, but I never really put two and two together um, and asked about starting that up as a practice at MadPow. You know, could we help other organizations develop their own innovation and design capacities uh, and was given the chance to do it. And so the organizational design practice was born and I get to be VP of it. (laughs) That's great.
0: Well, and uh, it's a a cool job because not only do you get to work with, I'm sure, some very interesting problems and interesting clients, but you get to teach about it. Um, And uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have Adam on the show today is he's uh, teaching a workshop at Enterprise UX, which is going to be in San Francisco, June 13th through 15th. And his day-long workshop is called Transformation, by design. And uh, I think your goal is to kind of help us understand how organizational design works in the enterprise setting. Um, maybe you're not working so much with getting individuals to work together and the process that's involved there, but maybe it's more about getting groups or silos
1: to collaborate. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of everything, um, which is why I'm excited about it because it gets to touch on A lot of the things that I'm interested in and uh, the thing about organizational design, and I actually think this about a lot of design is when you start to really dig into it, you find interconnected pieces that you didn't really see before. So it might start off seeming like you're just dealing with, say, you know, two or three people who need to know how to work better together. And then you start to see, oh, well, the reasons that these two to three people aren't really working that well together is because the... The practices or the departments they're coming from uh, kind of put certain uh, needs or goals or objectives or constraints on them. And so it's not really just about these two, or three people. It's about the parts of the organization they come from. And then it gets bigger and broader relationships. Um, and you start to kind of unwind all these things. That's really, I find, totally fascinating. Well, that's, I think you call that uh, deconstructing culture,
0: right? Mm-hmm. It's like a forensic activity where you start with a person and what they say and believe and and try to kind of get to the root of that and see what
1: if that root is something at, at an organizational level yeah so we use culture there's a lot of talk these days about uh, design culture and innovation culture uh, and how do you create those and we actually use it more like you said as a diagnostic piece um, so uh, take a, a Kind of an aspect of anthropology, almost to it. Um, we look at the the distinctions between what people say and what they do. Um, we look for you know what they they talk about believing, but what they their behaviors actually show that they value. We look for things like rituals, like in pro so process is actually a really great example of ritual. If anybody's familiar with a culture model, rituals are these. Uh, these behaviors that are kind of ingrained and formalized over time so that people go through them over and over and over again. And sometimes it's within a certain collective, sometimes it's, it's broader and, um, but uh, but processes in an organization are examples of rituals. They are things that we do on a repeated, formalized basis. Um, so we look for those and how those are uh, in alignment or out of alignment with beliefs. Um, artifacts are great examples of things too to see what are people really valuing. So a lot of it is just looking for uh, for disconnects between all of these things. And sometimes it's trying to bring them into alignment better. Sometimes the hearts and minds that, that people have are, are really in the right place. And it's just about kind of bringing everything else into alignment for them. Sometimes it's about the beliefs being out of place and not really uh, working towards what somebody's aspiring to. And so you have to take a, a, an approach to adjusting those over time as well. So uh,
0: I'm going to uh, really uh, reveal my ignorance um, But uh, because I'm no expert in Agile, but my understanding of Agile is that there are many rituals Mm -hmm. with it. Might you look at how uh, a team or an organization sees those various Agile rituals and which ones they believe in and take seriously and which ones they don't? I mean, they're supposed to believe them all. Mm -hmm. But maybe that uh, the daily scrum isn't taken seriously. And
1: what does that say? And is, do you then kind of unwind that and work backwards from there? Absolutely. Um, so there's, there's kind of that unwinding, but then there's also something that we've run into um, on numerous occasions now with agile design thinking, um, basically all of these kind of frameworks or, or methodologies that are, that are out there. You find organizations that are trained on the rituals. They've, they've adopted the rituals but they've never really figured out the beliefs that are behind them. So they're going through the motions, but they have a belief system that is actually disconnected from that. And that uh, incongruence kind of manifests in different ways. It can manifest in, uh, miscommunication between people within the team or people from within the team to people outside the team. Um, it can, it can delay handoffs or, uh, or even just eradicate those altogether. Um, so understanding, so looking to see, you know, do you have, uh, congruency between the beliefs, the behaviors, the rituals, and the artifacts, that kind of helps you understand kind of where there is potential for change in some situations.
0: It, it sounds like someone going to the workshop is is going to be kind of armed with, you know, some basic, like you said, diagnostics, right? Now, do you, this is important, I think, for someone who's considering attending, is are you finding in your practice that what you're doing works with pretty much any organization that comes to you guys at mad Power, or or do you find that the problems they bring to you are pretty different? And let me preface this by saying, when I was a consultant, every time I'd go start with a new client, they'd say, well, we know you've worked with a lot of organizations, but we're different. And here's how, and it'd be like, yeah, yeah, I, you, you use slightly different language, but it's the same problem I see again and again. And then I always then would step back from my own reaction and say, well, on the other hand, you know, I'm a consultant and every consultant has got their methodology and their outlook. And, you know, when you have a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. What's the sort of, what are you finding? Is it, is it the same problems? And so your methodology can really work anywhere or can your methodology, are you seeing different problems and yet your methodology can, can adapt
1: or something else? So the problems, because the problems are almost always about uh, getting people to work in a different way than they have in the past, um, whether that be with each other or um, or in some cases, like for right, right now, I'm actually uh, working on building a design practice from scratch with people who have never been designers before. And I know that's going to sound weird. And there's probably listeners right now that are like, that 's not right um, <laughs> but but that 's what we 're doing so we 're getting people to work with each other in different ways, but also do work that they haven 't done before, like get their hands dirty and in, in things that they 've never really participated in um, and so so that's that 's the common thread between a lot between almost all of our projects um, and so in that sense, a lot of what we do is the same. Um, a lot of the, the methods, the the diagnostic tools, uh, the way we make sense of things is the same. The changes that come out of it though, will differ based on the changes or the, the kind of the objectives that the organization we're working with has. So, um, so in some situations, you know, we're looking at just uh, a team, for example, working with one team, or actually it's two teams that are now one team. And that's actually the genesis for our project. There were two design teams working in very different capacities in the same organization that were now brought together. And for a long time, they were still kind of operating as two teams, they uh, they were handling different requests separately, parsing everything separately, collaborating separately, um, and they they really saw that as almost like a waste. Um, they had opportunities to learn from each other that they weren't taking. They had opportunities to help each other with resource needs when resources got tight that they weren't taking because they had these notions that, oh, you do this work and I do this work and those two things are completely separate and so we should just be separate. So working with them, a lot of the the changes that we put in place there was really about them building empathy for each other, them learning some of each other's skill sets. Um, we did some job swapping and things like that. Um, so that was, you know, that's one set of, of changes that we've made. Um, we made, uh, we worked with another organization around kind of helping them adjust to kind of a more lean and agile design and development cycle. And so those were much more procedural changes that we were putting in place. They had the skills all there. Um, they just needed some help kind of bringing them together in a different way than they were already using them. So, um, so the nature of the changes, changes, um, but the, the way we get to them is often very similar.
0: Well, you know, I mean, that's great because in an enterprise environment, there's just so much richness. Each, in effect, like their own universes, right? Mm-hmm. So, as in any universe, you can pretty much have any possible behavior or configuration, or you know, or, or personality to deal with. And it sounds like what you're going to be covering in your workshop is going to be something that can work in you know, a flexible way with a lot of different types of people, teams. Organizational structures and so forth. So, at the end of the day, um, what do you at, at, at the end of that day long workshop really? What are you hoping that uh, people will be able to do, or how you'll have changed their thinking?
1: Well, I'm hoping that uh, people will take away a few different things. So, I think understanding the nature of the challenges that they're they're facing in their jobs day to day, in terms of getting people people to work together, building practices, uh, changing processes. I'm hoping that the nature of those will become clear um, because I think once you start to kind of dig into organizational psychology and, and the aspects of culture that we're going to be talking about, you'll start to see kind of where these things come from. Um, and to me, that's always been important because we often have a tendency of, of putting blame on, on people and, not to say that there aren't people who are sometimes just jerks, but um, but more often than not, it's really a system at work. And so, getting a sense of of what that really is that you're you're dealing with um, is one takeaway that I, I hope uh, people walk away with. Um, the next is um, some strategies for how they can approach it from whatever their position is. So uh, so there's there's a lot of truth to the idea that in order to really make change in an organization, you've got to be at a certain level, have a certain uh, level of influence. Um, But I've found in my own career that shifting the way I approach things a little bit can often lead to really great rewards. And it might not be huge systemic change, but it at least changes the space around me and the people I'm working with um, and it often expands outwards from there over time. So figuring out kind of what kinds of strategies people can use. And then the idea of uh, of designing for transformation and change and the persistence uh, that that takes. So it's not just about, oh, I'm going to do this one thing and boom, everything's going to magically happen. It's about, you know, how do you actually plan for that? How do you make sure that you're you're building on your successes, that you are sustaining that change. Um, again, at whatever level you're at, you know, if you're a, a single practitioner in a huge organization, you know, you need to plan for for yourself. But if you're planning for a team or groups of teams, you know, that that scale of planning is going to shift a little bit. So those are kind of the three uh, big takeaways that I'd love people to to walk away with.
0: Well, so you're gonna. Uh transform uh, your your uh, uh your students so that they can go out and transform their organizations and their teams and uh that's great that's a nice place to be and you can plant some seeds and hopefully uh people who take your workshop in san francisco in june are, are going to really be able to transform by design uh, adam connor thank you for joining us today uh i hope you'll uh say hi to adam at enterprise u thank you so much for having me and um just a reminder, enterpriseux.net is the URL, but is there anything you want to leave us with before we wrap?
1: I think that there's, uh, there's a, f- a few things to, that anybody who's interested in this topic should be thinking about. Um, I think if you really look into it, you'll start to see a lot of, uh, a lot of the talk around design systems and design ops. They're the really organizational design efforts. So um, if you aren't looking into those topics... Um, Dave Malouf, I know, has been writing a lot on, on design ops, um, Nathan Curtis on design systems. Um, those are, are really great things to look into. Um, and also, uh, Kevin Hoffman's new meeting design book, you know, in terms of thinking about how to get people to work better together and really design for uh, relationships in an organization. I think that's fantastic.
0: Well, um, thank, I didn't prompt you for that. You should know that, but thank you for mentioning it. And we'll mention we also, uh, if you do want to know more about Design Ops, Dave Malouf and I and uh, a few other folks, uh, Kristen Skinner and Abby Cobert, we are the programmers of the Design Ops Summit. We, we've got the next one scheduled in New York City, uh, November 7th through 9th. Maybe we'll see you there too. Thanks again, Adam. Great to
1: have you on the show. Thank you so much, Lou. Appreciate it.